right, give it up for the worship team. Come on, church. Give it up for those watching online. Thank you for tuning in. Praise the Lord. Hey, little red, come up here really quickly. Stand here. I got to check for you because oh, you came to church today. So hurry up. Run, run. Come on, dude. Little red's wagon. He helps uh, feed the homeless. Uh, we're, we're help- Thank you for what you do. Let's pray. Father, we pray right now for, we pray for Braden, Lord, in his ministry. We thank you, Lord, for what he's done in the community with the homeless. We pray blessings upon him. Let this check multiply, Father, Lord. Let the people that he touches know Jesus, Father, Lord, in the purest form of ways. Bless his hands and his feet as he spreads the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you for giving to his ministry. What a wonderful thing that is. If you'd like to, occasionally, if you've got some abundance, you can give it to the uh, church. Just write Little Red's Wagon, and we'll make it. We'll make sure that we get it over there, and you get a, a deduction if you want or not, or just give him a 20 after church. He'll, he'll put good use to it. He's a child actor, too, by the way. Hangs out with Tom Hanks, so what a cool thing. Praise the Lord. Um, I was wondering during that last song if we really meant it. You know what I mean? I surrender all. So one of the best hymns ever written, but I don't, I like, I like singing stuff that I mean. You know what I mean? Like, are you, do you really, can, can you surrender all? I mean, can you, can you, can you surrender those past pains and hurts to the Lord? Can you, can you surrender your dreams to the Lord? Can you surrender your finances to God? I mean, I think attendance is down today because it's raining outside. Can you surrender your inconveniences to God? I mean, the biggest oxymoron in the history of mankind is Good Friday. Good Friday was a terrible day for Jesus. Horrible day, right? I mean, he died on a cross with 39 stripes and a crown of thorns. His side was pierced, hands and feet, nails scarred. And we call it Good Friday. Kind of shows our attitude. It was a Good Friday because he died for us. But our mentality sometimes is, can I really surrender all? Can I really surrender all? Or do I just surrender what I want? The secret, maybe hidden sins or selfishness that we maybe walk in in life? If it's not my way, then I'm not going to do it. Um, I'd like to have 30 people sign up to help serve food on, on Easter at each campus. But that probably won't be the case. Marcos will be on the phones calling people. <laughs> well, I'm going to have my Sunday best on, Marcus. I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to be at the beach. <laughs> it's Easter. Um, listen, just to, before I teach today, I got something to teach. It's good. It's good. Um, because it's from the Lord. But let's, can we, can we, could you just raise your hands right now? Father, we just, we do truly surrender all. We surrender everything, Father. We surrender our, our hearts. We surrender our hurts. We surrender our, uh, our healing, our future healing. We surrender our finances. We surrender our resources. Lord, we, we surrender everything. We surrender our kids. We surrender our, our grandbabies. We, we surrender our will. Father, we surrender it all to you. We surrender it right now, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for surrendering. I, it's, um, 
it only just hit me during worship that I, I, I like, um, so my dad was a word guy, like loyal word. Like if, his, if he said something, he would do it. You know, he was just, he was loyal that way. And, and uh, if he gave you his word, it was a done deal, right? And sometimes when you do that, you have to surrender your will, right? So uh, I'm, a, I'm a promise guy. Uh, I try to be a promise keeper. If I make a promise, I want to I want to walk that thing out. I want to live that thing out. And I'm sure I got that uh, from him, that generation. So uh, we're going to look at some of God's promises today. How many knows God's a promise keeper? Like he's the he's the real deal, right? So what, so a couple things. One, we have to do our part, right, to see the promises fulfilled. And then two, we have to maybe not that God forgets. But we have to let him know that we know what the promises are. If we know what the promises are and he pours those promises into us, then we, 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 we know. We have access to things in the scripture that will allow us to move uh, in, in a direction closer to God, but also being blessed along the way. How many would like to be blessed? You could be honest, like, oh, I'm in church. I shouldn't want to be. You could be, listen, as God's call on your life to bless you. He wants to bless you. And so this is kind of a note-taking message. Or if you have a phone, you can take a snapshot of the, of the screens if you want. You won't, you know, you won't bother me uh, in, that, in that realm. Uh, so we're going to talk about first fruits. Next week we'll talk about Palm Sunday. We'll have palms uh, that we'll give to every home. We'll kind of explain them, why we do that, the reason behind it. And then like Marcus said, Monday. Uh, well, block party, then Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday. It's going to be amazing. Um, the, uh, just that song just kind of leads so well into my message that surrendering. If you surrender like Jesus surrendered, listen, Jesus died on the cross not as a payment to the enemy. There was no negotiation there, but as a payment for our sin, there was justification, okay? So no negotiation, just justification. And the justification was that God made a way, needed, needed to create a way for man's failure, and that had to be a perfect lamb, which Jesus was the perfect lamb. He died, and so then we can be saved if we accept him. If we accept him then there's some blessings or some promises that go along. Now, there's a couple qualifiers uh, in, in, say, in, like, uh, tangible blessings would be uh, Malachi 3.10, bring all your tithe to the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now here with, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. So a couple things we have to do there. One, we have to bring our tithe to the storehouse. The storehouse would be where you get your daily or weekly food. The storehouse would be uh, the... Um, who would perform services for you or with you? Hospital, Mary, Barry, um, community, fellowship. That's storehouse, okay? So God says that uh, if you do that, you can prove him, all right? Everybody say prove. Prove him that he'll open the windows of heaven. In fact, you can, the windows there is the word kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S. Kairos means that you actually, in the spirit realm, cause God to open the windows and pour a blessing out upon you. Like if you want to be blessed, one of the ways to be blessed is you have to give. 
Ah, Pastor, that sounds self-serving. It's not. I'll tell you why it's not. Because this church has paid off $5.5 million worth of medical debt for people in North Carolina in the last four years. I mean, that's a miracle, right? Uh, They've knocked on 26,000 doors and prayed for people. We, we support orphanages in Haiti and in Nicaragua. We, we hope to add support to, uh, to Nicaragua. We're, we're doing things around the globe. We partner with EHC and help plant 87 churches every day. Every day. Every day. 87 more churches are birthed, uh, not in part because of you, because of the the, the help that we do with Every Home for Christ. So uh, to give, and then in this church, whatever our, whatever our general fund is, we give away 10% of it. And so we, our church tithes. And so what, what does that mean? Well, if God can trust you, then he blesses you, right? And then part of it is what I'll teach you today on how you can too then be blessed based on godly principles. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are so wonderful. You're alive and well. We thank you, Lord, that we truly do want to surrender it all. Father, we want to surrender our thoughts, our ideas, our finances, our kids, our family. We thank you, Lord, for uh, what you're doing in Hickory and at Grace Church. Uh, Bless, Father, Lord, the people here. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. All right, so uh, one verse to start with. Uh, Exodus 23, verse 19, the Bible says, the best of the first fruit. Everybody say first fruit. Say say it like you mean it. Say it like you want to be here today. One more time. Say it like you want to be here. First fruit. That's much better. (laughs) I know it's raining. We all want to be in bed, but just bear with me for the next 30 minutes and we'll, we'll get you out. We'll get you to the Golden Corral in time for, they'll, they'll still be chicken on there. Okay. The best of the first fruit of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. That's not part of my message, so I'm not sure about that. Uh, But the first part we want to center on. The best of the first fruit of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord. Why is that? Because the word first fruit, I have it written down here, bikurim, B-I-K-K-U-R-I-M. Bikurim means future promises. So the best of your future promise, B-I-K-K-U-R-I-M, the best of your promise to come, future promises, promises to come. If you bring your first fruit, God is saying, then I got some promises to come for you, and they're, and they're going to be good. So if you, wanna, if you want to invest in your future, then you should bring a first fruit or a tithe or an offering. Now, pastor, again, that sounds self-serving. Trust me, it's not. It doesn't matter to uh, myself and Janie uh, on the church. Just trust me, it doesn't matter. Like, we're not paid based on if the church has a good year or not, okay? And so God has us covered, and he'll have you covered based on how you give. God, God's promise to me that for the last 40-some years is that if I would give, he would give back to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and he would land and he would cause men to give unto me. He would cause, he'll cause men to give unto you. It's like, I, you ask my wife, I listen, literally 
don't know how to do a lot of things. I try, I stumble a lot, but he's put so many good people in my life that can help me in so many different areas that it's like, God, you are so good. You're, you're just so faithful. And so whatever you have need of, God will provide that need as long as we trust him. But we have to trust him first. It's a step of faith where we step out in faith and go like, God, how can I give away 10% and only operate on 90, it would be a whole lot, like, do the math, it's 100% makes a whole lot more sense. But see, we're not looking at man's wisdom, we're looking at God's wisdom. Whenever we look at God's wisdom, and then the man's thing kind of goes by the side, but if, I'm, if I give, God says he'd give back to me, and he'd cause people to give back unto you. I mean, it's an amazing thing. And so I'm going to bring the best of my first fruit to the, of, of, to the Lord. Now, this is an agricultural time. This is an agricultural setting where they truly would give their best beans or their best corn or their best vegetables. Or best. We lived in an agricultural community, and people literally bring us cream every uh, every week on Sunday, or they bring the, the finest of their sweet corn on the cotton, and beautiful, I mean, a beautiful, beautiful gesture, and people would just be blessed, and so, but in this day and age, when uh, God is telling Moses to tell the people of Israel this, he's saying, hey, just bring your best first fruit, so listen to me again, if you want to be blessed, you have to give God your best, it's biblical, it's scriptural. Listen, I was once young, now I'm old. I'm like David, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. I've never seen people who have put God first ever want. Had there been needs? Yes. Had there been maybe even valleys between the mountains? Yes. But God is always faithful. And will God cause men to give unto you? Yes, yes he will. If you have a business, you, you need to bless God. God will bless that business. If you have a company, if you're an employee, you need to be the best worker out there. God will bless you. Your company will be blessed because you work for that company. It's a godly principle. So the best of the first fruit. So if we look at the best of the first fruit, then this is Old Testament. Some people would say, well, it's Old Testament. Pastor, they're talking about Israel. All right, then maybe let's just jump over to the New Testament, and I'll show you where not only is it giving, but linking up with the right person who already gave, there's going to be blessings there. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. We'll read 20 through 23. But in fact, Paul is saying, he's making his argument. Paul, I don't know if he was an attorney, but he could have been, all right? He was that smart. He was that sharp. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruit, everybody say first fruit. First fruit of those who have fallen asleep. So now we're lining up with the first fruit. For as man came death, for as by man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall be made, shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the first fruit, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. So you're made new if you belong to Christ. Are you with me? So, in other words, if you say, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in Jesus, I don't believe in this church stuff, religiosity, all that's kind of, well, first of all, I don't like religion either. I want, I want relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion, it will stifle you. Religion will put mandates on you. Religion will, will handcuff you. Religion will bind you up. 
Uh, Jesus didn't have, he, he struggled with religious people, the scribes, Pharisees, Sadducees, the Sanhedrin. They were all very religious. This is why at Grace Church we accept all people just the way they are. You come in, but listen, let, us, let God change us all from the inside out, right? Let's walk together as one, but let's chase Jesus, not an agenda, not a legalism, not a tradition. Let's chase Jesus together. Can you say amen? Let's move towards the goal of who Jesus is. So Christ is the first fruit. Now, this first fruit, the same blessings I'm going to talk to you about, is the same that is Christ. If we do what Jesus says. In fact, Matthew, the sixth chapter, in the Beatitude, or in the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest message ever preached, and also maybe one of the most simple, Jesus says, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. Not if, hey, if you feel like it, if you got a little left over at the end of the day, go ahead and pray. If you got a little left over at the end of the week, uh, go ahead and give. If you don't like broccoli, go ahead and fast. In other words, Jesus is telling us, here's the three keys to really being successful in life, give, pray, and fast. Give, pray, and fast. Give, pray, and fast. Today we'll concentrate on giving. Why? Because we've already prayed and fast the month of January. That's not good for the year. That sets us for the year. So today we'll talk about, in a teaching form of way, why is it good to give? Why is it, why is it good to give my first fruits? Well, let me give you seven blessings that will, you can encounter just by saying, hey, I'm going to give to God. Number one is there's going to be angels all around you. Like God literally will put angels around you. The Bible says in verse number 20, I will send an angel before you. And then he also says that angel will direct you. All right? So, behold, I'll send an angel before you to guard you on the way and bring you to a place that I have prepared. David said the steps of a righteous person are what? Ordered by the Lord. How cool is that? So you have an in the spiritual realm, if you could see now, listen, this is not a Steven Spielberg movie. God does it even better than Steven Spielberg, okay? If this is not E.T. phoning home, this is God saying, if you will do what I'm asking you to do, I will have angels to prepare a way for you. They're already making relationships and contracts for you and blessings for you before you even knew it. All of a sudden, you have a divine appointment. Like God creates something, you, you come across somebody and they got a contract for you or they've got a job for you or they've got a blessing for you. It's divine guidance. I've told you uh, maybe a couple months ago some angel stories, just different angel stories that had happened to uh, Janie or her family, different things that look like maybe, you know, like what, how in the world could she keep the keys so that her father's uh, sitting on the front steps of the church when a lady drives by and says, there'll be a man sitting on the front steps of a church. Give him this check. The check was for $35,000 that he used to pay off the church. It was, it was something that was heavy on his heart. She keeps the keys when she was cleaning it or practicing. He's sitting there minding his own business. And a lady, it was just an angel unaware. In fact, Paul says that you should be careful lest you entertain angels unaware. Paul saw angels. Peter saw angels. Angels are very New Testament. It's not, this is not just the Old Testament. Oh, that's, that's old. Or, or they're not just uh, cherubims and seraphims floating on a cloud. They're not, you know, kind of pudgy like me with wings. They're, 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 like, they're warrior angels looking out for you. 
fact, he goes on to say, Moses does by the Holy Spirit, power of God in Exodus, they're going to look out for you. They're going to watch out for you. They're going to take care of you. You just need to obey them. In fact, Abraham saw three men of God. We think was the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Were the angels with God? Like things happen when you put all your, when you totally surrender all. Things happen. And I can listen. I can say it over forty-three or forty-five years of testimony. God will look out for His own. He loves them. In fact. Jesus, two times, at least two times in Scripture, if not more. In fact, the Bible says Jesus could have called down, what, a legion or 10,000 angels to get him off the cross. It's like that's, those were just at his disposal. He had 10,000 angels ready. But when he was, went into the wilderness, he was, he was called by the Holy Spirit to go into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. And then what happened when he was all done? Angels came and ministered to him. He's in the garden at Gethsemane the night before he, the night he was betrayed, all right? And he was crying as if it were drops of blood or sweating as if it were drops of blood. And Luke says this, that after the, the disciples fell asleep for the second or third time and he was getting ready to be turned over, an angel came and ministered to him. How beautiful is that? Like, when you think you're in it all by yourself, you're not. God's there with you. Jesus is there with you. The Holy Spirit's there with you. And just a massive legion of angels are there looking out for you. Bible says we have angels that are guarding over us. Bible says that we have angels that we will judge when we get to the other side. How did I do? I'm not sure, Clarence. How did you do? Were you learning your wings on me, or did I just give you that much trouble? No, you have warlike angels looking out over you. So that's the first thing, all right? That's divine guidance. The second thing is enemy. He said, he said in, the, in the verse number 22, I will be an enemy to your enemies. But if you obey this voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. Think, think about that. This is then divine protection. Now... The, your enemies, not your in-laws. Charity, say amen. <laughs> your, your enemies aren't your future in-laws. Your enemies aren't your former in-laws. Your enemies, not the coworker who can't stand you every time you show up at the office. Your enemies, not the neighbor that you don't get along with. Your enemy is that serpent, the dragon, the devil who's already been cast out of heaven who is underneath the feet of Jesus Christ, and because he's underneath the feet of Jesus Christ, he's under your feet as well. We stomp on his head. He's under our feet. Why is that important? Because God, when he makes a promise, he keeps it. He's an enemy to your enemies. In fact, Jude 1.9 says that the enemies of those imps, at least a third of which, uh, are bound up in chains in the, in the pits of the earth. And why is it that we think the devil's attacking us all the time when the devil can't procreate and the devil can only be at one place at a time? Because once he gets in our mind, he owns us. You need to start thinking with your heart. If God be for me, there's not a devil in hell that can be against me. There, there might be some things that come because of the fall. There may be a sickness. There may be a disease. There may be a divorce. There may be a bankruptcy. There may, there may be an early death, premature. There may be things that happen, but God will take care of you. And whatever the enemy meant for evil, God will turn around and make good come out of it. There will be a testimony. 
There will be good that comes out. It may not even be fully realized until the other side, but this thing is temporal to begin with. This is all going to burn away. It's all going to burn up. If our heart's not set for glory, then we have a problem with our heart. He said he'll be an enemy to your enemies. Number three, then, there's a blessing. Verse number 25 says, you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread, and he will bless your water. Let's stop right there. There's substance there. This is divine provision. So we're lining up with Jesus as the first fruit based on what um, God tells Moses and tells the Israelites in the Old Testament. In fact, Paul says this verse with such authority. He says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He doesn't say needs. Because needs would be finite. He says need because it's infinite. And every time you have a need in life, you can go back to God in prayer. You can go back to God in giving. You can go back to God in praying. You can go back to God in fasting. Whenever you have a need. And Paul also says in the same scripture, the same chapter, Philippians, the fourth chapter, that we lack opportunity for not storing things up into our account. Opportunity is kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S. Same thing as bringing a tie to the storehouse, open the windows. It's a window. Opportunity and window work together. So Paul, who was a master of the Old Testament, who knew, who knew more than anybody by his own admission, who knew how to present, was an orator, was, was a scholar, was knowledgeable, he's saying basically the same thing in one verse. If you'll do what God tells you to do, all heaven will break loose for you. And those blessings. So we see it as substance, okay? He'll bless your bread. He'll bless your water. He'll bless the things in your life that you need. If we surrender all to him, do I surrender my way? Do I surrender my will? Do I surrender my thoughts? Do I surrender my heart? Do I surrender my past? Do I, ever send, do I surrender those people who did things against me? Do I surrender those people that maybe weren't always for me? Can I surrender my finances? Can I surrender 10%? Can I surrender even more? Can I, can I get the little red in his wagon? Can I let him go out and, and not only help the homeless, can I go out and work with them on the homeless? Can I go to a, a block party? Can I show up at Monday, Thursday? Can I, what can I do? Can I surrender my will in these cases? And if I can, Paul says... Jesus did, God spoke, Moses said, that blessings will come upon you. Now, what are blessings? Blessings can be good health. Blessings can be a good family. Blessings are generational, by the way. Blessings are longevity. We'll talk about some of these blessings. In fact, as we go through now, I'll, I'll, I'll give you uh, maybe four blessings. One, he says in the same verse, there'll be no sickness. Can we go back to verse number 25? He says, and I will take sickness away from you. Now, people will say, well, yeah, I mean, I'm sick. Or I've got a, uh, I've got a disease or I've got a, I've got a need. Well, then I would say to you, and this is, this is what Janie and I have done, you need to take it to the Lord in prayer. I mean deep, profound prayer. You don't need to beg God. You need to say, God, I'm a child of yours, and you said that I would be made whole. I'm asking for healing in Jesus' name. Our son, Andrew, Drew, stand up for just a second. Drew's our son. You know Drew. Everybody say, hi, Drew. 
Drew's one of our worship leaders. That's important. Why? Because when he was born, he was born with a cleft pellet in the soft region of his pellet. Janie and I both had a feeling that something was wrong when, uh, when she was pregnant with Drew. And we never said anything to each other. We just quietly prayed. Lord, let's, and I'd, I'd, in the middle of the night, I'd lay my hands on, on, on Janie's belly. Father, who, this, we didn't, I don't think we knew he was a boy at the time. We, whoever this young person is, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, healing over Jesus' name. And so uh, he was born, and the doctors didn't even detect it because it was in the soft pellet region until the next day or the day we, you were bringing him home. And so Janie called and said, Drew's got a, a cleft pellet. And I always knew a, a cleft per, a pellet on the outside, never on the inside. And, and so they, uh, not many people at that time, for whatever reason, we couldn't find doctors or hospitals in the area that really knew cleft pellets all that well. And if you know anything about a cleft pellet, and sometimes your whole inner workings of your mouth can be a little distorted. You can have some, some things go, go really badly. And, and so, um, so we, again, we prayed, and uh, one of my bosses found out about it. Not really a godly man, like, like probably the anti-godly man. Uh, and he called and said, I found the best surgeon in the world is in Chicago, Illinois, Dr. Kind. Dr. Kind, the good thing about good doctors is sometimes they, they know they're good. Dr. Kind knew he was good, and Dr. Kind was good. And our, my boss, we had insurance, but insurance wouldn't cover uh, a surgeon in Chicago. They would only cover a surgeon in Omaha. And 30-some years ago, there weren't many surgeons in Omaha. There was a trial basis. So my boss paid for Janie and Drew to fly to Chicago and have the surgery. He wrote a check. That check was over $40,000 for a man who didn't know God the same way we knew God, but knew that he had an employee that had a son with a cleft pellet. So sometimes the miracle happens through people. Don't, don't mistake the miracle. If God, well, yeah, but wasn't it wasn't the surgeon? When, I don't know. I, I just know that we prayed and God answered. <laughs> that sometimes God answers prayer through people. You... you and, and the reason I said Drew's a singer, and Drew sings and writes songs and does great and plays all the instruments is that that was where the enemy was trying to attack him. But God came in and no sickness would prevail. I mean, he's healed and whole. And, and when Janie took him to our doctor just a year after the surgery and had the folder in her hand, and uh, she said, how's this cleft pellet look? And Doctor said, this, this young boy's never had a cleft pill. <laughs> he said, yeah, he did. His ulva was in half. He had soft region, was a big hole. He couldn't eat. We about lost him at six weeks. He went from eight pounds to under five pounds. And, and um, uh, we were just, we were hurting. And we stood on God's promises. And if you stand on God's promises and you do what God tells you to do, listen, there's, a, there's the key right there, right? Promise usually is twofold. A promise usually is, like if I promise my friend Landon Barefoot something, he's going to re receive the promise, or he's going to promise something back, or he's going to walk away from the promise. But when you receive God's promise, and then you promise something back, 
and you stand in agreement. That's a covenant, okay? That's a covenant. We knew that we were standing on God's promises, and we were standing on God's promises. Drew didn't know enough. He's a year old when the surgery took place. He's two years old when we take him back for, for his checkup. And all we know is the surgeon says, listen, this kid's, this kid's never had a cleft palate. God is a miracle-working God, and can you give him just a shout of praise for a moment this morning? Because if he does it for us, he'll do it for you. We're, listen, when I say we're nothing special, we're nothing special, we just believe in God. And we believe God for his promises. And his promises were there, be no, there would be no sickness. 37 miracles does Jesus do in the New Testament, in the gospel. 37 miracles, most of them have to do with divine healing. So when God says that he's your divine healer, he's your divine healer, what do I need to do? I need to surrender all. I need to surrender my will, my thoughts, my ideas, my actions, my, my perception. God, I'm surrendering all to you right here, right now. Why? So that I can be healed or my wife can be healed or our kids can be healed, our children, our son, whatever, so that they can be healed. Lord, I'm surrendering all to you. And if it's in me, one, I'm not going to worry about it. That's just the way I am. But why am I not going to worry about it? Because I've already given it over to the Lord Peter says, if you cast all your cares upon him, why? Because he cares for you. Why should I worry if God's already got it done? If it's a done deal, then it's a done deal. Amen? Come on, say it like you mean it. All right, so the blessings then are first, no sicknesses. Next, it's long life. All right? And so we, we, and, and we would say that's divine life. So we, we have divine provision. We have divine health. Now we have divine life. There is a long life. I quoted David already. I was once young. Now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. Why is that? Because there is life. Jesus said, I came that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, John 10 and 10. So we know what the enemy's about. Now we need to know what God's about. And the word abound there means to super, to abundant means super abound. So not only is he giving you life in abundance, he's letting you super abound in life. He wants you more than blessed. He wants you more, he wants you more vigorous than ever. He, want, he wants you to be the person in, at the party that has all the joy, that has all the happiness. He wants you at the party that, that you're bringing life to the party, not death, not pessimism, sarcasm, cynicism, not a critical spirit. He wants you at the party speaking life to each other. He wants you at the party saying, it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. I'm here for you, brother. I'm here for you, sister. I'm here for you, friend. I'm here for you. Why do you say brother or sister? Because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're hurting, we need to hurt with you. But more than that, we need to bring life to you. We need to pick you up, not set you down. Not put, there's long life. David said that a man in Psalms should live to about 70. After that, they live on strength. God kind of caps the whole thing off at 120 after Noah gets off the boat, okay? And so we know that a good life is 70 to 120. Yes, are people taking out too early? Yes, they are. That's part of the fall. That's part of disease. That's part of sickness. That's part of the thing. But listen, if I got taken out too early, I want you to know I'll be on the other side rooting you on. So that's a win for me. That's a win for mama. That's a win for those people that unfortunately had to go too early. But if they're found in Christ, they ain't wanting to come back. They're wanting to be on the other side. Sometimes we get a little stingy, don't we? 
We don't want our loved ones going home before we do. I just wish Jesus would come and we all go together. But that may not be the case. But you can know this, that God's promise to you based on first fruit, not the first fruit of giving, although that's, that's, in, that's mandatory. We must do that. But the first fruit, first fruit of his son, Jesus Christ, is that he will give us long life, even though Jesus, by his choice, cut his life short by dying on the Christ. You're given, your promise is long life. The next, what's the ne our next one is increase or inheritance, increase, inheritance goes with that. And so uh, the scripture says then in verse number 30, little by little I will drive them out before you until you have increased and possessed the land. So increase and inheritance. So in other words, what, what, when, I, when I say I'm concerned uh, in a good way that I want to leave an inheritance to our children or to our children's children. I want to make sure that they have a legacy. They know how to pray. They know how to serve God. They know how to give to God. They know how to fast. They know how to read their scriptures. They know how to, they're, they're solid in their, in their fact. When back in the days before we needed children's ministries, I held the three kids before Drew was born. Janie would be leading worship and, and I taught those kids how to raise their hands. I taught those kids how to praise God. I taught those kids that it was important that when mom is leading us in worship, that we worship together. I did, the pastor did, you know, did you not let them have their own identity? Yeah, you're going to worship. That's your identity. Mom is leading us in worship. You're going to worship. Throw your hands up. If you want to eat lunch this afternoon, throw your hands up. And so they, they throw their hands up. You've never seen four worshipers like those guys. Maybe they're still afraid of not eating lunch this afternoon. I don't know. I'm not sure of the reason. I just know they were taught how to worship. And they love to worship. Why? Because that's inheritance. It comes from a line. My line, word, loyalty. This line, inheritance and legacy. You mix the two together you got people, hopefully, that stand by their word, where they say they're going to do something, and understand blessing along the way. Blessing and inheritance. Blessing and legacy. God says, I'll give you increase, and I'll give you inheritance. I've promised this to you. He's talking the land of Canaan. Jesus is now talking the land of heaven, but he's saying, I'm not going to restrict you here. You can have on earth. In fact, God tells Abraham, hey, Abraham, after you get rid of Lot, why don't you go outside, look at the stars, if you will, and in the abundance of the stars, that's how many people will walk the face of the earth. There's 8 billion people on earth now. In the next 25 years, There'll be another billion, nine billion people that have names and DNA. And God says, they're all your children, Abraham, because you had one son named Isaac. What's God promising you? You mean holding back a little bit from what I really owe God is going to restrict these promises and blessings on my life? I'm not going to chance it. I'm going to give to God. It's all his anyways. If I can show I'm a good steward with God's resources and God's finances, if I can show I'm a good resource with God's children that he blessed me with, our grandchildren, if I can show I'm a good resource or a good uh, steward of God's church and God's people, why wouldn't God bless abundantly the other things in our life? If he knows he can trust you because you trust him, he says, I have an inheritance 
for you. I have a legacy for you. That's divine birthright. And the last but not least is abundance. Verse number 31, let's go to, uh, and I will set your border from the Red Sea to the Sea of Philistines, from the wilderness, Euphrates. I'll give the inhabitants of the land, and you shall drive them out before you. In other words, he's saying, listen, everywhere you look. He told Abraham this. He told Moses, hey, look to the right, look to the left, look up, look down, look forward, look backward. I've got abundance for you. Again, it's another blessing that he has in store for us. These abundances that everybody said the word abundance. It's just abundance, church. As the worship team comes back, understand that God doesn't withhold things from you. He's not, he's not mean. He's not uh, self-centered to hold back from what uh, he wants in your life. He's got abundance for you. I think I said it earlier, but when we give unto the Lord, he gives back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, does he cause men to give back to each and every one of us? He's got abundance in our life. When we look at the abundant blessings, the abundant health, the abundant friendship, the abundant love that God has for us, he said he'd never leave us, he'd never forsake us, he would always be there for us. He, does he have requirements? Well, Deuteronomy 28, the first couple of verses says this, that if you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord, your God, and you do what the commands of this good book says, then in the next 12 verses, he lists all the promises and all the blessings. In fact, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says that if we give unto the Lord, he will make our warehouses full and our vats would run over. In other words, everything that we touch would start to be blessed. Everything that happens would start to be blessed. I've had seasons in my life where it seemed like no matter what I did, God was just blessing us, just blessing us. Have we had dry seasons? Sure we have because it works as the agricultural pattern. In the wintertime, there's things that are dry. Well, that's a time where you need to push in to God. In the springtime is planting. That's where we need to plant and give God our good seed. In the, in the, in the summertime, that's when things grow. All of a sudden, things are flourishing. Things are taking place. In the fall time, that's the harvest season. That's when we're starting to reap our fruit. And yes, things die out, but the fruit is left behind. Stand with me today. We're going to sing the song, The Blessing. Blessing's important for us in, in, this, in this way because of what Deuteronomy says, and because of what Numbers, the sixth chapter says, in, in, in these uh, different Psalms that I've read, uh, is, uh, Exodus 23, 1 Corinthians 15. All those scriptures are wrapped into this song. If you want to be blessed... And you have that opportunity to, first of all, receive Jesus as first fruit, to walk in his ordinances, to walk in his way, and then understand not only the blessings fall on you, it falls on those people after you as well. So as we sing this song this morning, I want you to call out your, your sons, your daughters, your, your, your moms, your dads, your grandparents, your grandchildren, your aunts and uncles, your spiritual sons, spiritual daughters, your friends and neighbors, and ask God to bless them because of the first fruit of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your promise. Thank you that you're alive. That Jesus, you are the first fruit of all that's dead, but you're alive now. We receive that and thank you so much for it. Bless our people here today. Bring people to their memory as we sing this song of those that they need to call that blessing upon. Jesus, let me pray. Amen. Let's sing together.
blessing number one that God has angels around your children around situations that we don't even know but we just get a little bit of it just to share the testimony that God was there he went before me he went before our sweet little girl and and she is fine but thank you God that you do put angels when accidents could happen puts jumps right in front of you and something else takes place so we want to walk in that blessing amen of that protection and our enemies those who want to come against us we can just remember that we have authority over them the enemies the, the Satan who wants to come in kill steal and destroy we have authority over that and I love the blessing of divine provision whatever you have need of you have the right you have the authority to say Lord I thank you that you've already made a way my needs are gonna be met my fan finances are met and I love the part that says over sickness because like pastor said we've lived it so many times I declare according to the word I say amen I say I agree because I walk in the blessings I do what your word has asked me to do so I know you're gonna do your part if there's any sickness in my body I always just say I declare I am healed by the power and this right here I've already been healed because I'm walking in the blessing of, of his word I'm doing what he asked, so I'm expecting him to do what he said he would do. I always say, God, you created this body, so you know exactly what it's going to take to fix it. I believe in doctors. I love them. They're amazing. But I go to the greatest physician of all, and I say, you know, Dr. Jesus, I'm in need of a miracle. And he comes through every time. Never once does he let me down. Long life. I have a grandma that lived to 105, and a little Indian lady who started this whole Pentecostal movement in my life and I'm, I'm walking in that blessing today because of her and I want to be the one that continues to carry on to my children, 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 then their children, then their children. It doesn't stop. It keeps going because of long life that's been promised and then the increase of abundance, the inheritance, and then um, the abundance that we can all walk in, the fullness of what God has in store for us. If we can do what the word tells us to do, God will do what, what he said he'll do. But we have to first do what the word and what he's asked us to do. I always say, it's like my hands are tied, but if I'll obey the word of the Lord, then I can walk in these blessings. But if I hold back and we say, but God, you said, I did say, but I said this first. You haven't done this so you can't expect this. So that's just a learning thing as almost parents to y'all, Christian pastors. We want to see you blessed. I want to see you over abundantly walking in such blessings. Pastor wants to see you overfill that you can't make. You're like, Pastor, I just got to keep giving it away. I mean, I was raised in this giveaway thing that my brother used to, he was having a hard time with something. He had apartments and stuff and something was a little down. He would call my dad and say, Dad, who needs a blessing? I need to, I need to pay somebody's rent. I need to do something because I need a blessing. He would just pay somebody's rent or pay somebody's gas bill the next month. And I'll tell you today, he is over, over blessed because he's always done what God's word say as we, as so many of you. But that's the key to being blessed, to walking in the blessing, is to being obedient to the word. But it's not only financially, it's the protection over your babies, your grandbabies. It's that miracle. It's the peace that he can give that money can't buy. So let's just declare these seven blessings this morning. Can you just do that with me? Father, we just re receive all these blessings and we declare that, Lord, we will do what you have asked us.
us to do, not because of our selfishness, but because we want to be obedient and we want to walk in blessings for our children and their children and their children and, and to be, Lord, an example for others. We want to walk in abundance of your blessings and your protection. So, Lord, we accept and we receive the blessings, Lord, that you have for us. And we want to untie your hands and let you just pour it out on us because we're doing what you've called us to do. So we declare blessings over every person and we receive them. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Love y'all so much. See you Wednesday night downtown or next Sunday. Love you. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.